Welcome aboard the USS Aeronome. To become a member of our crew, please visit perfectorganism.com slash support. As a patron of Perfect Organism, you'll receive exclusive perks and early access to content. Incoming audio transmission received. Please proceed to Subdeck 3 to begin playback. Thank you, and welcome aboard. I think we ought to discuss the bonus situation. Right. Brett and right. I, we think we ought to, we deserve full shares, right, right baby? You see, Mr. Park and I feel that the bonus situation is... Move! Get out of there! Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Perfect Organism, in the Alien Saga podcast. I'm Patrick, and I'm here tonight with... Harry Chicos. Christian Motzka. And a first-time guest, but uh, not a first-time guest in my life, Mr. Drew Jackson. Drew, how you doing tonight? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, sure. So there's a, a specific reason why you're here tonight and why this particular panel has been assembled, including one wildcard member who may or may not join, Dave Gogol. We'll see. It's because we're here tonight to talk about Aliens Fireteam Elite, and we are the gamers in the group who have managed to pick it up. And Drew is perhaps the most uh, epitome of a gamer that I know, and uh, and we have played together a few times, and so I wanted to get your thoughts on it too. So tonight we're going to be venturing into some slight spoilery territory, both for Weston Oak's prequel novel, Aliens Infiltrator, as well as the game itself. We're going to spoil up to about halfway through the game, which, to be fair, is not a very long campaign and it's something that you know uh if you've had the game for a week or two you've probably already beaten um but we'll we'll keep it fresh and we're also going to spoil a little bit of the novel so if you haven't read that yet uh you might want to pause it and hop on it's like 400 pages it's a pretty quick read but uh otherwise i think we're going to have some fun tonight um you know we've been playing together in groups we've been playing independently we've been playing with some of you listening right now and uh i guess to get things started Christian, you want to give us some of your kind of high-level thoughts on this game and what it's been like living with it for a couple weeks now? Okay. Right off the bat, it's gorgeous. And I feel like for all that it is 100% an Aliens-centric video game, it's taking what made Alien Isolation so wonderful, the visual style of it. And instead of saying, no, no, no we're going to go a different direction, they really have said, okay, this is, this is a great look. We're going we're gonna to add on to that. And the deeper you get into the game, the more you get into things that there that Cold Iron is adding, and it's just layer upon layer. It looks gorgeous. So that was my first impression. So let's go to Perry. Yeah, uh, I, I agree. I, I think the game looks great. I and I do really enjoy playing it, um, Patrick, and, and some of you guys as, as much as we've been talking uh, about it. It's it's been a lot of fun and. I actually do really love, I, I, uh, I played like through the gears of war games when they came out and it's very similar style. And I really loved that 
whole look of that game, kind of that third over the shoulder sort of look to playing because you, you get to see a lot more of like what's around you and what the creators have built for you to see. And so in the alien franchise, I, I'm definitely one of those people that eats up anything like whatever I can get that's alien, that's new, that's fresh coming out um, just adds to the nostalgia and everything I grew up with having. And so I, I love that aspect of it. And uh, I guess the ability to customize too, like you can customize your weapons. You can like throw Waylon Yutani decals on your smart gun and things like that. And uh, that, that to me is a lot of fun. Cause after, you know, you make it through a couple missions, you obviously earn some, uh oh my gosh what do they call it they have a, just some money in the game and then you can like purchase uh things to either help you out in the missions or add decal you know dress your character up or however you fun how much fun you want to have with it but uh yeah uh, that's really great and it's it's fun to play all around You know, the third person was something I hadn't experienced before. And at first it was really kind of hard. So I found if I backed up far enough into a wall, it would push me into first person. <laughs> <laughs> the camera goes up. Yeah. All right. All right. You know, and then I realized that you can, you can actually aim. And so that, that also helped. So there was a big learning curve for me. Um, but full disclosure, my nine-year-old is a master at this game and he just loves to make fun of the fact that I'm bumbling around shooting the ceiling and he just goes in there and he's he's ducking and he's aiming and, you know it's crazy so we de we definitely have to touch on uh like i don't know like this different sentry guns you can use and acquire uh and like strategically and yeah just the random guns you i've been playing as the demolisher and the the technician and uh, I love the technician. At some point, you can like upgrade the pistol to like this Uzi sort of pistol. And it's just, yeah, just spray and pray <laughs> when the Xenos are running at me. I'm like, oh my God, you know, so. I was playing the technician class with, uh, first off, I want to bookmark. Let's definitely talk strategy in a bit. And then Drew, I want to get your yeah. thoughts. But before I do, sure. <laughs> I was playing with Drew last week and we had the perk enabled where you couldn't reload until you emptied a, an entire magazine. Um, and you couldn't swap weapons until you ran out of ammo. And I was a technician, which was great, but I started with the fucking pistol equipped. And so I was just running around <laughs> shooting these like completely, it's just like, what am I even doing with this game? And then you're stuck with it for the yeah. whole entire chapter, which is fun. But Drew, what, what do you actually, so tell us what you think, but also give us a little bit of background into, you know, who you are as a gamer, as a sci-fi person, a, a, a quick little, you know, Drew Jackson in two minutes, and then what you think of the game. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So I'm, I'm a big sci-fi fan, uh, just a, a myriad of franchises. I'm a big Dune fanatic, of course, Alien and Predator, um, Doom as well. But I, I play a lot of play a ton of video games in a way that's just like shamefully gluttonous. Like it's just kind of one of my one of my big hobbies. Um, and the thing that I was so struck by with with this game is actually how deep a lot of the systems are. Like you, you touched on like the challenge cards. That's like a really interesting mechanic to introduce and like playing multiplayer with a bunch of randoms, like, you know, each person kind of picks a challenge card and randomly selects one to kind of inform the the gameplay that comes up. Um, but I'm also really, you know, with this with the 
smaller price point of $40 versus, you know, like a standard 60 or even like 70 for next gen consoles. I was pleasantly surprised with like how deep a lot of the campaigns and lore for the game actually were. I kind of just assumed it was going to be like a multiplayer suite. And it's definitely not that there's definitely more to it than that. And uh, something that Perry was touching on with like kind of the flexibility in terms of classes is really interesting. So even though like, I've beaten the main campaign now and done like horde mode a bunch. I still find myself going back and just trying different classes and just trying to unlock new kind of upgrades for the, for them. So there's a lot of replayability there as well, which I was really impressed with. I just wasn't expecting that in like a $40 price point. It's a game that reveals itself to be less of a budget title than it initially presents itself as. And that's something that I'm experiencing a lot the more I play it, because going into it, you know, you, you're paying not a ton of money for it, which is great. You know, I, I like that a lot, but it comes with expectations, right? That there are certain limitations on the gameplay and then you, and then you fire it up and it's like pretty straightforward. You immediately notice once you beat the first part of the first chapter that like, this is going to not take a super long, I mean, you can beat the whole campaign in five hours pretty easily. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's easy to kind of assume that that's where it stops. But then as you play it through, like you're saying, Drew, you start uncovering more lore, you start uncovering more artifacts, you start getting some more background to the story, and you start realizing, especially as you play with people, that the classes you choose can really inform the direction the game takes. And that by leveling up your perks and by customizing your class as well and teaming with other people, uh, the game can can play very differently, you know, yeah. depending on, on on where you are. Yeah, absolutely. So how about first impressions of it? Can we can we do that for a second? I'll, I'll start. My first impression of it was really bad, honestly. Uh, I, I I didn't like for, for one thing, Austin Wintory, I think, is a really good composer. And I love he, he scored he scored a number of that game company's games, which was one of my favorite game publishers ever. So things like Flow, things like Journey, super talented guy, young guy. Um, and his music in this game is good, but the way it starts in the initial presentation screen um, to me feels kind of like it didn't feel like it fit right. It felt like the production value was low. I was complaining about MIDI sounds to you guys. And, and you know, you pointed out that some of it is organic instruments and, and you're absolutely right, Christian. And I watched the videos, but I felt like the sound wasn't like super marquee level quality. The graphics felt a little bit dated to me. And you know, I've heard people say that they look like they're from five to seven years ago. I think that's about right. Um, and then, you know, you're in the ship and it feels kind of lifeless. There's like not very much to do initially. You know, you haven't unlocked very many things. You're kind of walking around with a bunch of static character models whose mouths don't move, um, you know, sort of waiting for like just in the state of suspended hibernation, like waiting for you to come and talk to them. Right. So it's it's not very immersive. Um, and and for me, like immersion is a really big deal in games that I love. Like I, I love I love games where the environment that you're in really informs a lot of your decision making. And, you know, you're not pulling up, you know, the heads up display all the time to check what, what's going on. You know, the environment will tell you what's going on. This game felt kind of cold to me at first. Um, and the first time that I played it, I was matched with totally random people, not bots the first time, but just totally random people. And we had no strategy, you know, everybody's mics were off, you know, we weren't, I was, I didn't feel comfortable because I, I, I mean, I, there was no tutorial. There was no, like, this is how you get started playing the game. So I was just like playing it completely blind, you know, and I did not love it. I felt kind of out of the loop. And then, uh, the next day, Dave Gogol, who still may or may not join, we'll see. I hope he does. I uh, was like, Hey, you know, me and Michael McCulloch, another PO person, uh, you know, we're playing it tomorrow night. You want to, you want to join us? So I hopped on 
And like immediately I started realizing, oh, this actually is much more enjoyable than I thought because strategy is important. It's not just endless mindless hordes, you know, there's a way that you can navigate these endless mindless mindless hordes that makes it fun somewhat in the way that black ops games are fun or or somewhat in the way that left for dead games are fun right they're they're you know cooperative horde strategy multiplayer games um and so doing that live with friends especially was great and then you know we'd you know be covering for somebody because they had to get up and get something to drink or something you know what i mean like that that feeling of like playing with your buddies was really great and then i played it again uh the next night with drew and, and our friend erica and we just had like such a fucking blast and we stayed up like way later than i had anticipated and by the end of that playthrough that night i was like man this game is terrific and it reminded me a lot of other games that i've loved in this franchise that nobody talks about things like extinction right like these games that kind of just fell off the map a long time ago but that used this horde mechanic in a really interesting way um and since then Oh, Dave Gogol is texting me asking if he can hop on and he damn well can. I'm going to add him in a minute. Um, <laughs> since then, I've just I've just really loved it more and more. I'm, I'm really enjoying it. But it took a while to grow on me. And I'm curious if others have had that experience. First of all, the, the music is something I really hope that we can dissect a bit because um, the opening title sequence, I guess, uh, that works for me. And the first mission I'm, I'm pretty solid with. But the second mission I have a lot of issues with the music not feeling like it matches the mood. The the um, hordes of aliens are coming at you, and the music doesn't give you any sort of sense of of urgency. But but then the third mission starts, and the the music kicks in. A lot of things kick in in the third. So my overall impression changed once I got to the third mission, which took me a few days because I'm only playing a little bit here and there. So it's a little bit funny that we're more than halfway through the game before before it really kind of grabbed me. Um, but I wasn't going to give up on it. And bottom line, I'm going to, I'm going to mention the game that no one wants to talk about, but I just wanted this to be better than aliens, colonial Marines. And this game is better in every single regard. And I, okay. So there was a blade runner game that came out in the nineties and I would come home from college and I'd put the game in because you could go to your apartment and feed the dog and then go look out over the balcony. And that's all I'd do in that game. I never played it. I just wanted to you know, <laughs> feed the dog go, and you, you could listen to Vangelis, right? So yeah. going into this, my expectation or my hope was that, um, that that starting screen where you're on board the ship would be like that. That would be my happy place that I could just pop the game in, wander around, talk to some people. And so I was disappointed that, especially at first, um, the lips don't move and they don't have very much to, to say to you. But as you, as you find intel in the game, um, the lore that builds up actually gets really, really deep. And that's something I hope that we also talk about later. But so that has, has improved my, my feelings about it as well, is that there's actually a pretty well thought out world. And for once we're presented with, because um, this is 20 years in, into the future in Aliens, um, and it actually feels consistent in, in a number of important ways, as far as they're not just discovering the aliens. There is some knowledge of the xenomorph already. And then there's some lore that ties in with a role-playing game, uh, some of which is really, really well handled. There's one bit that is not well handled, but that's okay. Uh, but overall, I'm just amazed to see um, a series of products, because now we're talking uh, a continuation of characters from 
two alien books from two different publishers. There was almost a Dark Horse tie-in, but there's also the role-playing game tie-in. So this is sort of this moment when alien IP is coming together and it feels cohesive. So now let's, let's, uh, let's invite David Gogol on. He is hello, here. Hello. <laughs> I have arrived. Hey, Dave. Hey, Dave. Now, it, now it's official. Now it's official. <laughs> now we can get the party started. So now we, we have over half of our panel tonight dealing with tornado warnings. So I just drove in some nonsense to, to even get to, from work. It was awful. Well, you made awful. it, my friend. That's all. That's all that yeah. all that matters. So uh, yeah. right like now was... we're giving we're giving some of our initial like our initial thoughts on it and how it sort of has changed as we played it. OK. Um, and uh, Perry or Drew, if you want to keep it going. Not to, I guess, reiterate some some of the things that uh, have already been said, but if the first take for me, uh, I, I guess I'm I'm coming off of playing games like I, you know, Alien Isolation, uh, Dead Space. I've been I've been get, uh, just getting back into that, and I wanted to play all through those. Uh, I, I'm big like Assassin's Creed fan, things like that. So it, off the bat, Patrick and Christian, similar thought process I, I just was not as i i guess not as enthused with like yeah the characters don't like when they're talking to you or when you're talking to them their lips don't move things like that yeah you can explore on the ship a little bit but you can't i, I thought you were really going to be able to like go into the drop ship or like things like that or or there'd be like a a place on the ship where you could go test out the weapon you know like a shooting range or something like that it's you know a training whatever have you a tutorial stage like i was saying right yeah that would have helped right yeah yeah something like that to get to maybe give you an idea if you didn't have friends or you didn't you know someone like me who has been playing with bots the entire time <laughs> <laughs> um but just to give me an idea of like what the gameplay or give someone an idea of the gameplay of what that's like before you hop right in um but yeah as the layers of have, have as i've worked through the game i've, I've loved the what they've added in as, as far as the lore and, and connecting, you know, to other things like alien isolation and, and just uh, the background into Wayland Newton. I love all that stuff. I'm like, Oh my gosh, as, as you keep playing and as you get to that third mission, um, which is where I'm sitting at right now. Uh, it's, it's awesome. I, I loved it. I know I sent you guys a screenshot of, of some of the things on the TV Christian too, or we've all been sharing. You guys took the same screenshot. Yeah. yeah. And I'm just like, Oh man, this is awesome. Cause you know, in that part, if you've played alien isolation, when you get to walk through the derelict and you're like unforgettable, seriously, the first, I, I still remember the first time. Uh, and just like, you feel like you're, you're cane and, 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 you know that the, when they first went onto the show, you're like, "What's going?" On? And you know what's going to happen, but you're like, "Oh, what's going to happen?" And you're like, "Going I, down." I played that mission oh. so many times. <laughs> yeah, too. it's great. I love it so many times. I have a separate save file that's just there, so I can go back to it sometimes. <laughs> yeah, yes. I do too. yeah. Yes. I don't know if I lost it from the switching systems, but I had one just for that spot. I'm like, ah, let me go do this again. <laughs> yeah, so I uh, it definitely um there's layers of appreciation and and um i'm I'm really enjoying it now and th yeah it's fun to customize like it's like um drew i think you were saying a little bit earlier just just the ability to I, that's probably what i'll be doing when i keep playing it after i beat it 
is just so I can like get better weapons and customize and then play a level with, you know, some with just the sniper rifle or something, Christian, I don't know, <laughs> but, uh, um, it's, it's cool that your nine-year-old is, uh, you know, crushing it, <laughs> but, um, yeah, so it's, it's great. Yeah, your nine year old is crushing it with the sniper rifle and a shotgun, right? That's the yep, sniper rifle and a shotgun. <laughs> yeah. There, there we go. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, I, w- I would say, you know, like I'm obviously coming at it from a bit of a different angle. I mean, I, I love the Alien franchise, but I'm not. Uh, anywhere near the level of super fan that you guys all seem to be. Um, so I was kind of coming at it just from more of a game perspective. And like the only reason I picked it up was Patrick mentioned, oh, this game's coming out. And I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll pre-order that and like play that with Patrick if you, um, you know, I, I play a wide array of games of my own anyway. The thing that uh, really kind of struck me about it was I have a group of friends that we all play a lot of Call of Duty together. And I... Call of Duty is kind of hit or miss for me. I still pick it up every year, but there are times where I'm definitely like, okay, I'm ready to play something else. So uh, the thing that really excited me about this game was, you know, playing it with Patrick and as he mentioned, a friend of mine, Erica, who I usually play Call of Duty with. And she was like, oh, this was really fun. And like a couple of nights later when we were doing like our regular weekly session where we normally play Call of Duty, we hopped on and Erica was like, no, let's, let's play alien fire, you know, fire team elite. And I was like, Oh, this is, there's that stickiness for kind of more casual fans of just like the gameplay itself feels good moment to moment. Right. And the ability to not just like customize class types, but the way that class types kind of complement each other. I'm like an old school MMORPG guy. So I really love support classes. So I love running like the medic and the technician and like letting other people do demolisher and gunner. Although you love being the doctor drew. Yeah. Every time I play with you, you whip out that health kit. (laughs) Because I I love, I love having that like more kind of support role because then it kind of helps everyone else, you know, shine a little bit more, you know, like uh, an old school world of Warcraft. I was always a healer so that someone else could be DPS, you know? Um, So I was really kind of taken aback with, because there's so many games that come out nowadays, like, the Avengers game is a, a great example of like, there really isn't that stickiness in terms of characters mm. actually feeling like they're really supporting, you know, it's like everyone's just kind of a DPS a little bit. And what you a can disappointment like, that game is. Yeah. Just such a, I got, such a bummer. I got it for free and I want my money back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So like for, for me, the, 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 the fact that there is interesting lore and interesting story missions are kind of secondary. Cause I was just like, I just want to hop in and like have some fun gameplay mechanics to kind of hang out with friends on. So, and it's, it's very much fulfilled that and, and beyond for me. Yeah. What about you, Dave? We, have, we haven't heard from you yet. What, what are your, what are your thoughts on the game? And also specifically like n- when you first got it versus now that you played it a little bit. Um, like you guys, when I booted it up, I just went right into it and I was kind of shocked. I'm like, um, you just going to throw me right into it. I'm like, I have no idea what's going on. I'm like, no tutorial. I'm like, really? Man, like, what? I know I played a quick game. Then I hopped on the next day because like an adult, I took the day off to play. Took a little, <laughs> and I was, I, I ended up found a good group of guys. So I, um, who they're always, one of them always seems to be on and they kind of, he kind of walked me, uh, walked me uh through it so shout out to you uh corporate shipwreck okay appreciate it and um that's that's his birth name right 
Yes, yes. Exactly. Corporate shipwreck. Yes, yeah. Yes, yes. It's uh, yeah. it's held. It's you know down from the the family tree. It's an old Italian. And, uh, <laughs> old Italian. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> and um, it, it definitely. First, I was kind of almost overwhelmed. I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? Because in terms of a gamer, I mostly play sports games. Currently addicted to MLB the Show, and like the occasional adventure game like Ratchet and Clank, you know, Zelda. I don't do a lot of multiplayer shit, you know. But co-op, of course, had to give it a shot. So this was all new to me. So I had no idea what I was doing. But once I got the hang of the the loadouts and the different characters, I'm like, all right. Like I fucked with the demolisher for a while. I now I'm messing with the tech. The tech is wild fun with the abilities. Yeah. Um, wild fun but like you were just saying drew with the it helps to have a mix of classes so you kind of you know if you have three demolishers all right it's nice but who's going to control the crowds and shit um you know i've gained a little more appreciation for it and the game is fucking hard like even on casual like i'm like i did a couple in standard um with the squad i was running with and i i was like i can do standard by myself i got destroyed <laughs> so I went to casual with some of the bots. And I'm like, this is still tough. I'm like, Jesus. And it's good because it builds up the replay value. Like I haven't even beaten it yet. I just reached the um, the third campaign. But uh, even a couple times I've run through some of the missions already. I don't want to say it's getting repetitive, but it's like, all right, I, grinding is not, I'm not a big fan of. So I have to go through the same mission over and over to, to max my guy out for the, the higher difficulty levels. That's a little... Uh, I'd say frustrating, but with a limited free time I have, it's like, all right, I don't really want to go to the same level over and over. But doing it with different people is still fun as hell. The missions haven't gotten old yet because the caches are always in a different spot. And just it's it's so challenging and I almost don't it's easier to digest. So I'm running with different people and different classes. So it's almost like a different game each time. But um it's definitely fun as hell. I mean, it's nice. It's the first time, God, since I can't even remember, you know, getting messages. Are you going on? Like messaging my friends. You going? When do you want to play? When do you want to play? That, that alone is yeah. it's worth the price of admission for me. Yeah, man. That's actually why I haven't beaten the game yet is because for, for almost every day that I've had it, I've gotten texts from friends like some of you yeah. on the call right now, but also other people who I didn't even know were into Alien who were like, hey, yeah. you want to like play Fireteam? I'm like, fuck yeah. So I keep replaying the first mission yeah. like over and over <laughs> yeah. because people keep wanting to play it. Yeah. And that's like that to me, that is such a testament to the fact that yes. the game is doing what it's supposed to do. hundred percent. Right? Yep. And, and like yep. you're saying, Dave, I, I totally agree with you. It's not getting even though even though the first you know chapter is like it, compared to the later ones, like just super boring and straightforward. Yeah, it doesn't feel like that because when you're playing it with people, you know, it's like a new it's almost like a new you know, uh, doing it for the first time. I've been, yeah. I think that first campaign three times, I'm like, eh, all right, cool. <laughs> yeah. And you can try different strategies out, you know, et cetera. Yeah. But yeah. I do think the third chapter and Christian, you were alluding to this as well as everybody else. Yeah. I haven't even started the third chapter yet. Okay. Well, we're, not gonna ones, right? we're not going to we're not gonna much, spoil but, it. We're not going to spoil it too much. We're not going to spoil it. But broad strokes, <laughs> things change, right? The sense of okay. scale changes a lot. You start getting a lot more vertical combat opportunities, which is really cool. Nice. The sense of lore changes a lot. Like there's a great moment early on where one of the characters says, uh, you know, Wayland Yutani has built equipment that can interface with, you know, an alien user interface, right? Because because they're noticing that there's like that there's Wayland equipment that's talking to engineer equipment or, or mm. some kind of equipment. Mm -hmm. Um, and you start realizing, you start getting the sense of, oh, this game is kind of coming to life now. It's becoming what I really wanted it to be the whole time. Yeah.
Um, I, I want to do a quick uh, shout out to the sound design for this oh, game. Oh, the sound is the sound and the le the level design is. I mean, it'd be nice if some of the car doors, um, as a, as Sean Summer said, if they kind of went to more things instead of dead ends. But my God, the level and the sound design is made with such love and detail. It's, oh yeah. Oh my God. Oh, it really is. And the sound design in particular, though, like, it, of course, it's full of references to the, to especially the aliens. Like, there's there's tons of sound effects that are just directly lifted from it or, you know, have been synthetically recreated from it. But there's also um, something that I've, I've mentioned to a couple of you before that I love is that the clip sound changes as you get lower on yeah. ammunition. So the weapon starts to shake more, right? This is lighter. Um, there's a lot of really wise interface decisions that make it immersive, right? Or earlier, I was complaining a little bit about how when I first booted it up, it felt kind of non-immersive to me. Um, it becomes immersive the more you play it because you start paying yes. attention to other cues that, that they're giving you, especially with sound, right? So a great example of that, too, is the headshot noise, which I'm fucking addicted to, which I just <laughs> absolutely adore. That yeah, um, it's so like, satisfying. Isn't it oh, so yeah. satisfying? <laughs> yeah. And Coffee I can't think of other games that heads. do that. Oh, yeah. This is for Amanda sense. Ripley, you motherfuckers. <laughs> but are, yes. are there other are there other games that you guys can think of where sound is used that much for I mean for the relaying of actual gameplay information? In and in like I just in the aforementioned MLB of the show, it uses dual sense controllers so well. Like if I get jammed on a hit, I feel it. If I hit the ball mm. like square, I know like, all right, this is a home run. This next base hit, it's incredible. Mm. And um Ratchet and Clank has a similar thing with the, the haptic feedback. Like if you once the ammo starts to run out or you have to really push it, you feel the, the pull of the gun. If it's a heavy gun or a light one, it's it's so cool. With like, the adaptive makes triggers, you, you're saying. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 That is cool. But the sound in particular, like to, to me, like that's something that this game really excels at. And also the binaural stereo mix. Uh, it's it's easy. You can almost close your eyes and hear where the enemies are. Mm -hmm. Uh which is that's not like groundbreaking like most good games do that but but in this one i just i i just i i'm noticing that they put a ton of attention into the into the soundscapes i wish that the synthetic soldiers lines were subtitled because i can't quite make out <laughs> they say some really funny stuff they do about you know liability or who's gonna yeah. pay for this yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah now actually that's not a bad segue I am not a fan of how much Herrera has to say. She is constant <laughs> and, and it yeah. starts getting into almost Joss Whedon territory sometimes, yes. with, you know, yeah. because obviously, you know, like, Oh, here come aliens because obviously like, Oh, come on. And yeah. there was a, there's a point where Esther Herrera, Honecker and Cynthia are all chiming in. I'm like, shut up. I want to kill aliens. <laughs> yeah. You know, this little back no. and forth. I mean, the Cynthia thing pays off, but it's a lot of, of talking heads or, or, you know, invisible, invisible voices yeah. filling yeah. the space. No, even after the Cynthia thing pays off, she still fucking talks the whole time. That's yeah. the thing, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like I, I thought once you get this, that reveal, which we won't get into at the moment, but once you find out the true nature of what's going on with Cynthia, I thought that was like, that was the end of that arc. And then she like immediately starts telling you more things to do. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I just want to say too, it's it's great that you again for anyone who's played Alien Isolation that you can just really give it to the working Joes if you. Oh, want. I know how. Oh. <laughs> for all the times they scared you in the dark yes. in isolation, or can't, oh, you know grab you was... by the leg. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh my god! I took a smart gun to so many of them. 
<laughs> he took the words right out of my mouth. When I got to that part, it was um, I'm like, all right, yeah, it's yeah. on motherfuckers. Well, especially because <laughs> in isolation, it's like you're gonna so... you're gonna get hysterical. <laughs> they're so hard. Yeah, yeah, you're gonna get hysterical. They're they so are, hard Patrick. to kill, right? Yeah. And, like, yeah. and uh-huh. especially on the harder difficulty mm-hmm. levels, like it takes so much effort. Yes. And you never have enough resources, and it is such an uphill battle. Whereas in this, like, if you're a demolisher class, like, you just shoot fucking shoulder fireworks at them and mow yeah. them down. <laughs> yeah, I had, a, I was playing with a with a squad. Another guy was a tech. He's like, all right, since he just ran and, and he let him. I just went, <laughs> <laughs> so great. Feels so good. I would even the ones that are just sitting there when I was uh, when I was a tech. I take the shotgun. I'm like. <laughs> Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's very gratifying. <laughs> Early on, the, the first time you see a working Joe, and it's completely dormant, and I shot it anyway. And then I felt bad. I, I you know, I was like, oh, that, that's not cool. <laughs> well, you know, that's, that's just that's my personality. But then when the same working Joe has like a riot shield and it's coming at me, I'm like, oh yes, yes, this is this is it because I've got a gun now. Yeah, <laughs> I had to take a break from from playing isolation because Amanda kept getting choked to death by these things, and I felt bad. Like I'm such a bad player that she keeps getting murdered, and it's not a quick death. And no, I, I just I have to stop playing because it's not fair to this character. So, <laughs> <laughs> but the um the customizing is addicting. Yeah, I wanted to it's talk fun. about that a little bit. So, so, so I, yeah. I'd love to hear some of your strategies, some of your combinations that you've all been coming up with, um, some of your your favorite aesthetic upgrades. Um, I, I'm all, I'm here for the outfits. Let me tell you that. <laughs> Uh, but also, you know, I, I'm curious about the classes and, and how you're all, uh, you know, using them. The technician has been coming up a lot as a fan favorite. Um, for me, that's partly because of the fact that there was an, a, you know, a challenge card at the beginning that was, uh, you know, for the first couple days of the game where you had to complete three missions as the technician. So I think a lot of us kind of switched to that right off the bat just to get that experience. Um, and I fell in love with the tactical opportunities. And I, honestly, like I still to this day play primarily the technician. Sometimes, though, I do go back to the gunner because I think the gunner is just so well balanced. But the first like three days, I was the demolisher for every single mission. And I was feeling like I was playing the game wrong. Like I wanted to play the game in a little bit more of like an agile way. So it's been fun switching up, you know, loadouts and, and techniques a little bit. But what, what are some of the things you guys are doing? Uh, this is going to be a, a bit of a gripe. So like my intuition was to go to the medic just because I like being that, that healer on a team. Um, I, so I've now played all of the classes and I realized that the medics um, special like medical drone that he puts down on the ground that like creates a healing radius that that actually can completely drain and it doesn't recharge or at least it recharges so slowly that the only way to refill it is by picking up like first aid kits throughout the game. And that's something that to me, as in terms of a game mechanic, definitely seems to need to be buffed, right? Like none of the other classes have that. You know, if you're a technician, you put down a turret and it gets destroyed, you can immediately put down another one after the, the cooldown timer, right? So that's that's one gripe that I have where I, the, the medic does seem a little weaker than they should be. Um, the rest of the classes, like I really love the kind of checkerboarding that they create for like your upgrade systems where like you're slowly unlocking more and more of the board over time and can really kind of have a great deal of customization as you unlock those abilities to like, you know, turn the turret into, you know, a slow firing kind of like sniper rifle or to turn it into a little more of like a close range kind of a flamethrower turret. 
Um, so there's some really cool flexibility there, but, uh, the medic, I think needs a buff that that would be my, my primary complaint to the dev team. Um, but all the classes are fun, you know, like there's, there's kind of, um, a lot of customization there that I keep going back to. Yeah. Awesome. Drew. I, I was going to say, I, I started out playing the, with the demolisher just cause I, I love the, the smart gun from aliens so much and i was like oh yeah i really want to i really want to play with that and um and getting to fire that thing the first time was pretty thrilling wasn't it's, it oh yeah that was yeah. a cool moment yeah and then just learning you know there what i do like about the game is is you learn as you go you know so like you you learn how it fires how it tra how it can help you track on to, to the runners and and the aliens coming at you um and I would honestly, I would say the the demolisher helped me get through missions one and and two primarily. And if you work the upgrades right, or or you work the class, whoever you are, you know you, you get upgrades for certain weapons. And I know Patrick, I was telling you about the the you can get the flamethrower, like the huge flamethrower smart gun that you can. It's not smart; it's the flamethrower. But any, you know what I mean. Um, <laughs> you hold it the same way; it's fine. And. Uh, that that actually having that and the um and, and the pulse rifle in the second mission really helped me out a lot however i what i learned of what was great about the add-on or just the perks of the technician obviously having that sentry gun is key and so then i was like oh i want to i want to beat some so i replayed some things as the technician so i could build up some things and in the second mission when you're fighting um, you know, the working Joes and, and the other, like the Weyland Utani working Joes or whatever. And you, uh, you can get their like automatic shotgun. Yeah. That gun is awesome. And so I, I use that and like the pistol, the Uzi pistol that I got. And so that's my, that's been what I've been primarily playing with, um, through mission three as well. Uh, just because that shotgun is, uh, you can like, when the runners are at you, I can use a little Uzi pistol. And then when the big, um, Xenos come at you, you can use that automatic shotgun and then you can lay sentries around and throw that, like that electromagnetic grenade that like that slows them grid down. Grenade thing. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Yes. Because if you're, um, grenade. if oh, you man. don't have a lot of friends to play the game with and you, and you primarily got to play with bots, um, I think the technician is is great because the other two AIs that fill in for you are basically like gunners. So as long as you're the person that can like set the um the perimeters of the you know when you know you're going to when it says, you know, when you got to prep for battle and hostiles coming and and uh yeah, and as long as you have that little uh ammo uh box by you where you can reload your ammo, you know, waste all your bullets, reload, waste, you know, and set sentry guns up and it can really help you. And, um, Google, I know, I know what you're talking about, man. Some of those, like I was telling you guys, the end of mission one, I was like, I could not pass that. The end of <laughs> my fucking crazy. The end. Oh of my one. goodness. If you yeah, don't know what to the do. End of mission, the end of mission two is the worst. With the oh, mission fucking... two, that one is hard too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm like, what, what, <laughs> It's basically like a boss fight right at the end of each mission. Yeah. You, you yeah. really got to, you really, yeah. but yeah, I couldn't beat for me the end of mission one. All those adult Xenos would run into that room after I'd load the thing and I was just, you dead. just, you, <laughs> just 
you just have to run. What we, what I yep. learned to do once yeah. I learned how those electric magnet, magnetic thing was, is I would just throw some of those down, and then like a freaking like a football drill, I'd just go in and out, zoom, 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 and then just go right to the right to the ship. You, yeah. you, you can't shoot them unless you're putting down defensive things to slow them down. Just put your head down and run. As yes. fast as you fucking can. Yeah. And you know what's a good point though is that there's a choke point there with the with the gate that opens, right? So the dr the drones can get over it and the smaller xenomorph the smaller aliens can get over oh, it. Oh right. But the warriors yeah. can't because they can't crawl. Yeah. So then the warriors are the problem because you get the thousand of them, right? If you stick yeah. after long. So if you can yeah. create that, if you can utilize that little choke point there um and put some grids up or some mines up, they can slow them down enough for you to be able to yeah. the problem and then, though is if you get like a fucking bot if you're playing with bots and they're stuck on the other side of it. It's I know. Like, then you're Come done. on, Alpha. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I even one yeah. time when I was all in that little bottleneck we were running, but um they were slowed down. So me and my teammates, there was the 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 shipping um crate. So we just ran right through that. That was clear. And then we went whoop right to the ship. <laughs> oh nice call. Yeah. Uh, That's awesome. I, I do gotta say my favorite decal right now is that you can get like the big Wayland Utani, the W, the yellow W. I knew, yeah, same. So I've been, yeah, I've been yeah. painting all my guns red and uh, we, and putting that that W on. Have you been doing the same thing, Dave? Oh my god, all my guns are red with. The yes, <laughs> yeah, I do the red too. Yeah, I Although, love it. My smart gun is chrome plated. <laughs> yes, yeah, so and it has the Wayland logo on it. Yeah. That looks fucking badass. Yeah. But but my I saw own. Perry's character. Perry's character's got a mullet. He's got like a bronze <laughs> fucking I got, mullet. Yeah, I got like. <laughs> Dude, you guys, it's because I have no hair, so I got I got to build hair <laughs> under my under my uh, yeah my video game characters. <laughs> yeah, I got the uh, one of my like I'm always mixing up the gun designs. One of them I have, of course, the the face hugger like on the uh, on the clip for one of them. Gotta have that. But yeah, once oh, I got yeah. that Wayland, you once I got that Wayland, you had a sticker. I'm like boom, 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 boom. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a must. Christian, what 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 loadouts have you been having success with? I'm playing offline exclusively, so I'm just running with alpha okay. and beta. And so I haven't messed around too much outside of the demolisher, but I'm, I'm wondering if I really should be running as a technician because I think it was Perry who pointed out they, they technically are demolishers. They're, that's all they're doing. I'm just happy that they actually shoot aliens, can I just say? Because mm -hmm. back, again, aliens, colonial marines back in the day, that fucker wouldn't kill a single alien and the aliens didn't bother him. They'd come right for you. Yeah. yeah. So um, having said that, uh, finding a combination of the, you know, the shotgun and my nine-year-old loving the, the sniper rifle, but, <laughs> <laughs> um, and he's throwing grenades, you know, he's got, he's got it all figured out what he's going to do. Um, plus I come home from work and the kids have messed with the, with the play, you know, with the, with the Marine. So he's got, you know, pink hair and a cowboy hat, like, what the fuck is this? But all right, we'll, we'll go with it. Um, just to be a stick in the mud for a second, I'm, or, or maybe like drew said you know sort of a, a gripe something i hope that they add later um i really would love at some point the option to have the classic pulse rifle the classic smart gun and honestly the classic armor because i know it's set 20 years into the future of the of the aliens universe but they tweaked every single thing it's mm. not until the um the third mission that you actually see a traditional sentry gun and when I saw that, I cried. I was so happy to see real sentry guns. You'll get there, you guys. It's worth it. Did but you actually cry when you saw no, it? No, no. No, I wouldn't I'm, be so, you're a very, you're, you love detail, Christian. So I, I could I see do. you crying. And, and, and 
my kids are saying to me, I'm sorry, I keep mentioning them, but they're my aliens. I've, I've trained them. They're super hyped on aliens right now, but they keep saying to me, what's the difference? This looks like a pulse rifle to us. I said, that's great. If it looks like a pulse rifle to you, I could name 30 differences. The, the first one, the most important being there's no grenade launcher. How do you have a pulse yeah. rifle? And I know you've got a grenade yeah. launcher on your shoulder. That's fine. But just in a DLC, please give me the iconic pulse rifle. And the sentry gun is a neat look, but I'm building one right now. I'm building a, a life-size um, sentry gun, not sentry gun, uh, smart, smart gun. gun. So I'm really in tune with what elements were put into the original prop. And so I'm confused. Like, why would you mess with that? Because it was, it's glorious, but I like what they've done, but please just for me. Well, it's worth pointing out that, that, It'd you know, be cool. Yeah. And also like in the military, they use, you know, similar weapon designs for 50 or 60 years. Like we're still yeah. using, you know, M1 Garand rifles, you know, in the military, like the, these things are around for a long right. time. Right. So it would make sense 20 years into the future for them to still be using munitions and artillery and guns from the, you know, the events of aliens. So yeah, they could definitely, they could definitely do that. But like you're saying though, Christian, you're right. If you do have a shoulder mounted grenade launcher, right, it's going to become an um, imbalanced. So I'm sure a lot of the gameplay decisions are why the, the weapons ended up the way sure. that they did. Yeah. Um, and of course you do unlock, you know, for example, classic armor, which looks a little bit more accurate to the, to the ones that we see in the movie. Um, you know, if you, if you pre-ordered, uh, you know, the hardened edition, uh, you got some, you know, cool, I mean, all, all of my characters at this point have the bandana and the Hicks's <laughs> shotgun, you know, cause like, why not? <laughs> Um, so you, you do get to unlock more of those as you go along, but for real, for people who are really attuned to that, um, there's definitely, yeah, room for, I mean, I, I think the great example of that is the, the DLC for isolation, right? Where even though the game was so closely aesthetically aligned with the events in the Nostromo, like, you know, it was different. And then, and then the DLC put us on the Nostromo with the actual characters, right. That we see in the film. And it's like, what, what was already the most immersive game experience I had ever played outside of dead space, maybe in my entire life from a sci-fi perspective, all of a sudden became like even more immersive. It became like the movie opened up and swallowed me into it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they had the opportunity to do that with this game, I think, if they make the right DLC decisions. You know what, Patrick? I have to just say, before Isolation came out, I was loving the design. I was loving what I was seeing. But when they, when they announced that DLC, the Nostromo stuff, I'm the asshole that made a list of all the inaccuracies of the costumes. Yes. And there were <laughs> a ton. There yeah. were so many. And so it, it turned me off the game. I was the, I was the stupid guy like, oh, this fucking isolation. He's got a patch on both shoulders. What an idiot. You know, <laughs> and then, you know, I got over myself and I will get over it with this too, because I see my kids putting scopes on the pulse rifle and, yeah. you know, spray and pray written on the side. And I'm just, you know, part of me is like, do you need that? But they do. They're having fun. So yeah. Dude yeah. said that to me tonight, just briefly. He, he was like, you know, the best part of this game is the gun's dead. And I was like, yeah, I think you're right. And, yeah. and, and they, cause yeah. every single time, like I mentioned to you, every single time we start playing it, the boys go, okay, we're, we're done. And they go get their Nerf guns and they put their helmets on. And then they're just <laughs> playing pretend colonial Marines because it yeah. takes you to that place where it's like, it feels like you're living it, you know? And yeah. And, yeah and they love that aspect of it. How many years, how many attempts has there been to try to have you feel like a colonial Marine? It's going, I have, I have fortunate playing PC games, but AVP 2010 game, I thought did an admirable job. Mm -hmm. But to game. get it in a, in a co-op setting, they nailed it. They nailed the the pulse rifle feel. The like you guys said, the sentry gun. Like how fucking satisfying is that? I still have to play with the. I one of my uh, when the I saw someone using the flamethrower. I'm like, oh, I gotta try that. That looked like mm. tons of fun. 
and just customize everything. Like I, we end a mission. I'm like, all right, what did I unlock? Should I use this magazine? Do I like the weak spot? Do I like the more ammo? All right, what stickers could I put on? All right, let me throw on this hat. All right, let me change the paint. I mean, I sometimes sit there for 15, 20 minutes just fucking with my loadouts. And I never do that shit. I'm just like, all right, let's just go, 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 go. It's it's great. It's great. It's great. Great game design. I do have to say that I think that is something that we, Patrick, as you know, and, and Dave, you might know a little, but we were just really, I don't want to say there were some things we were really dis- thought we were disappoint going to be disappointed on or, or whatever, like the cross, not being able to play cross console for me is a little bit yeah, of that a bummer. Um, hurts. it hurts a little bit, but, um, cause I'd love to be able to play with you guys and, and, yeah. uh, or you PlayStation folk, I'm an Xbox, but, uh, I have them both just talking about it and like hearing you guys talk about how much you love this or Christian, how much your kids, Patrick, you know, love those things. I'm just like, God, honest to God, like it makes me feel like a kid again. And yeah. that is what I love about alien. That's what I love about all the films is like, it seriously brings me back to those days playing with my Kenner aliens and watching aliens in the background with my friends and just being, just doing that. We would do that for hours on end. We'd have sleepovers and that's all we do. And like, uh, and just would really get into like the lore of what's going on, the willing you, you know, thinking about all that stuff as a kid was just so fun. And so to like hear, Christian and Patrick, I'm sure. And Drew, I don't know if you have kids too, but like I have a little girl on the way, but I, I just, that's so cool that we can like extend that legacy on and on. And and there's people creating these creative things for us to play virtually in video games and, and things like that, that really extend the lore and, and can like give that to our younger generation, just as we felt that. And that, and that's just so cool. And, and that's, like something I'm learning here tonight as we're all chatting about it. Um, that's like making me really appreciate the game right now. And, and I love it. So I just had to say that. And another thing too, is not to get off another tangent, but for some reason lately, especially this year, aliens has been getting a lot of, from a, a small loud minority that, you know, why is alien so popular? This sucks. Don't do this. This ruins that. But this game alone in its small little bubble shows why, it's still the most popular movie, much to certain people's dis- dismay. The fun, the teamwork, the 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 action, the just the 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 camaraderie that you don't get with any other movie in the franchise. And this game alone, in this little pocket, shows why this this part of the franchise remains the most popular and the one that everyone draws to yeah you know alien is aliens are obviously a, a classic it has the the slow and uh you know if you get that with alien isolation will scare the living shit out of you it's still the scariest game i've ever played and you know you get all the little um intricacies and themes of the prequels which is nice and it's awesome i love it too but nothing captures the entire franchise like aliens you get everything you get everything except for like religious subtext it has everything else and this game, just us seeing everyone talk about it, I getting messages from friends who aren't franchise guy, alien franchise um, fans going, "Hey, is it good?" They might get it just so they could co-op with other people. No other movie is going to give you in the franchise and give you the ability to do this. And yeah. it's just it's just so simple, sometimes and visceral, and sometimes that's all you need. Because even though there's 
these aliens are keep coming at you, keep coming at you. It's still scary. It's still tense. They'll still, you know, the prowler jumping out at you and the, the, the tense of where you're rolling down the runners and then the big fucking warrior comes out. Oh, shit. It's still there. Despite and again, with you, the sound design, that roar that that warrior does oh when it comes God. out, like I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh my God! And you know, I'll be spinning yeah. my character around, like, where is yeah, it? Like, oh my God! Yeah. Where is it? <laughs> and this is with countless disposable aliens coming at you. It still manages to scare you, despite all the weaponry, um, despite all the kills. Which is exactly what aliens is. Yeah, you have all this technology, but you're still fucked if your strategy isn't right. It just nailed it. Yeah. I do feel bad for people who who consider the runner to be the best alien in the films because the runner is just cannon fodder in this. But when that warrior comes out, because that's my preferred <laughs> preferred style. Like, oh yeah, there he is. Same. There he is. Yeah. <laughs> and I was gonna say, Dave, if um if Alien was a co-op game, you get you would get experience points for bickering. Like that's <laughs> you know <laughs> griping. I like griping. <laughs> I like griping. <laughs> um yeah actually speaking of of horror and some of the story elements to this there there so, so some of us have read infiltrator the prequel novel some of us haven't um i as as somebody who did read it recognized obviously a lot of things because the novel yeah. essentially ends with the beginning of the game or shortly before the events that start yeah. the game off um and it's it, it again we were saying earlier this game does an interesting job of having lore in it but also really being able to function with none of it, just as a mechanics-based kind of shooter, mm -hmm. right? And then as you play more of it, you unlock things. Uh, I'm curious for those of you who didn't read the novel or who might be in the process of reading it, um, were, were there things early on in the game that didn't add up? Were there things that were confusing? Was Monica a weird experience for you? Because um, as somebody who read the book, also Monica is still a fucking weird experience because there's a whole separate backstory to her too, which is... Yes kind of funny but but so 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 drew i i know you for example you didn't read the novel yet no what do you think about the storytelling in this and like was it kind of hard to get your head around it yeah initially i i really had no idea why we were there and why we were doing what we were doing as as the the game goes on you you get a, a pretty full picture but initially i was like what is what station am i on what is this hanukkah and then yes like when monica shows up i was like i have no idea why this one has a name like i just have no bearing for it at all um, but I, I think you get slowly immersed over time just from like the kind of voices that you're hearing in your earpiece as the game goes on as, as to like the kind of trajectory of the overall story that they're, that they're telling. Um, and I was kind of impressed with just like how it kind of ran the gamut of lore with like getting a lot of stuff from Prometheus as well as what you would expect, you know, the aliens movie itself. Yeah. But yeah, I, I at first I was like, I really have no idea what we're doing any of this. And have you found yourself reading the lore and, and following up on the intel briefings and things or kind of foregoing some of that? No, the, the intel briefings, especially, I think Christian had, had mentioned that kind of, I feel like does a great job of like fleshing out stuff. So like, I, you know, I'm a big, I'm really big into like the meta game of like unlocking trophies on PlayStation and stuff like that. So there was a trophy for unlocking intel. So like, I mean, yeah, I'm going to grab all these intel, like obviously, because I'm an idiot who cares about a silver trophy, right? That's not even a real trophy. Um, you but, do you love know, like, those trophies, though. Oh, I know man. that about you. You <laughs> love those trophies. You but check like, Drew's you know, profile. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like each each time you pick one up, you know, it gives you a little green exclamation point to take it to someone on the ship, and they tell you about it. And I actually find myself like sitting there and like listening to every single word, not like not missing any of it, not like 
just quickly fast forwarding through to get back in the mission, I was like, oh, this actually does tell me something really interesting about about the game and like where the where the story is going. So you want to know what Monica's backstory is? Please. So she is Tim Honaker, the doctor, his ex-girlfriend from college, I think when they were younger. And uh, and she became a serial killer. (laughs) So she started killing people. Uh, My dating history was bad. (laughs) (laughs) He dodged a bullet there. Uh, And of of course, she was one of the test subjects and and the third successful xenomorph embryo gestates in her. And so so the the alien that we see in in the in the game is, I think, number three from the book, which is this this like huge white uh, alien. And she uh, and she's, you know, really tough. But but part of this whole thing is they're experimenting with the pathogen, which I'm glad they bring back for the game. And so that's part of why. Is, mm. is different but that's that's monica's backstory but it's funny because like you see dr honaker and he's like i just haven't been sleeping much she, her name was monica and he's all like emotional about it but if you if you haven't read the book it, it must have been kind of weird yeah. yeah and every time i hear monica i just think of fast and furious travel going monica uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's all i hear when I that name so oh my god dude <laughs> i couldn't I, if you every live time it, it, yeah if you live through the Clinton years, Monica means something else. Yeah. <laughs> and she's getting a new movie. You see that? Yes, yes she is. Yeah. yeah. Well, between cool. Fast and Furious and Bill Clinton, there's stuff getting blown either way. So. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was risque. Anyway, so yeah. So, so yeah. I, I think I, it, you, you let me on this up. podcast, all right? <laughs> <laughs> No, it's it's an it's an it's an interesting experiment, I think, in storytelling with this game. And I, I like that they don't over encumber the experience too much. To me, so this is something my, my sister and I are both pretty heavy video gamers and we you know play together every week. She comes over and we play games with my with my wife, the three of us play together. Um the games that I gravitate towards, as Drew knows better than anybody, are games like Bioshock, right? Where the the lore is there for the taking and you can go go as deep into it as you can dream i mean it's like so incredibly deep storytelling but you can also play it almost as like a cipher where you can kind of just experience the game and not get super bogged down but the more you discover in the environment whether it's audio diaries or whether it's things written on walls or graffiti the more you start to piece together this whole universe of storytelling right my sister likes games that have uh and this is not knocking on my sister she's great taste in video games but she likes a lot of cutscenes. she likes a lot of you know you sit down and there's exposition kind of moments um there are some games, I think, that do a great job with both of those approaches, but this is definitely an example of the former, right? Where there, aside from the very beginning, I don't think there's a cutscene until the end of the game. It's it's all basically just, as you're playing, you have the ability to uncover things. But a lot of what you uncover is kind of hard to find because, you know, it's in these Intel documents, and the way that the game levels are laid out is so linear, which I think is a, a problem. Personally, that that's one of the weak points of the game for me. The fact that even as the game gets more complex, there's never any doubt of where you need to go or what your objective is, right? That's not necessarily a bad thing. It's, it's enforcing the type of game this is, which is a very straightforward shooter where the point isn't exploration. The point isn't going off the beaten path. The point is shooting a lot of aliens, right? The point is that kind of immediacy, which is really fun, but like... You know, the types of games that I tend to gravitate towards, you kind of have to go off the beaten path and find things out 
and the game encourages you to do that by having a lot of unexplored territory to go to. This one, basically every level follows the template of, there's like a long corridor with some side hallways, but the side hallways are blocked off, right? And then you get to an arena, and it tells you to prepare for battle, and then you do that two to three more times, and then you get to the sort of boss encounter at the end of it. Um, so that's something that, speaking of room for improvement, I think if they do add future expansion levels to this, which I think they're going to, I would love to see some more variety, some more, you know, a game that I brought up earlier was Black Ops, the, you know, the Call of Duty series, where zombies were introduced, which, which that's, th those are some of my favorite gameplay experiences of all time. Like some of my favorite memories ever are playing with Drew and our friends, you know, in, in person playing, you know, split screen co-op multiplayer black ops zombies, you know, 10 years ago, um, and staying up till four in the morning playing it and people shouting and throwing things and jumping yes. off the bed and, you know, and, and like those moments of like s just so much fun. And that is as a concept is just basically horde mode from this, right? It's just like, there's yeah. just waves of enemies coming at you, but because the, the levels are designed in such diverse ways, it's, it's like really a crapshoot. Like you can very, very quickly get yourself in over your head, or you can use choke points and you can use Alamo points and things like that to try to direct the wave of battle. Um, and that's like, to me, for, from a replay value perspective, really important with a game like this. So that's something where I could see, I'm not tired of this game at all. Like, I feel like I'm just getting into this game and I'm going to be for a long time, but I could see myself hitting a wall with it. And I think if I do, it will probably be from that overly linear type of lore and type of exploration, I think. Yeah. Patrick and Drew, would you say that this the, the lack of cutscenes, does that come from the multiplayer aspect of it? And also, I just realized it, it almost has an arcade feel. Like when you go oh, play a yeah. game, you know, like that kind of, like you were saying, the urgency, you know exactly where to go because it tells you you're this many meters away. And so, yeah, there's a hallway over there, but don't go down that way. And there were moments where as much as the scenery was gorgeous, I felt like I had no no choice but to just run. And, yeah. and there wasn't, I'm sure there's intel that I missed. I need to go backtrack and try again. But there wasn't that sense of, wait, stop and look at a desk or, or look at a, a monitor or something. You're just, you're just plowing through this. But that's like an arcade game brings that, that, that same feeling. So if I, if I look at it that way, I don't mind it. But as far as the, I want to stop and smell the corpses, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, you might have just named this episode. Christian, yeah, which will be your second time doing that. Yes, Papa's got a pulse rifle and stop and smell the corpses. I think that could be that could be the title. No, I, I, Drew, I want to get I want to get your thoughts on that because also cause... might be my Tinder bio. <laughs> stop and smell the corpses. Um, you know, because because you played so many, you know, like very intense. Drew has a was actually the what was it the the state librarian oh for Destiny or what, what was your? Uh, yes, yeah, so I was I was in a Destiny clan for a number of years. Um, and I was like the lieutenant of like the North American East Coast Division. So like I organized cool. like group raids and stuff like that. It was it was really fun. And actually, like I got a lot of friends through that. Some of whom I've ever not yet met in real life, but I still very much count them as friends because we just played hours and hours of Destiny together. Um, but yeah, something you were saying there, Christian, like especially the the after action report where you can see everyone's numbers. Um, and you can see like who did the most damage, who, you know, who took the most damage, who had the most headshots, stuff like that definitely kind of lends itself to that replayability of like, you get in there and you're like, Oh, you know, my, my friend Erica did more damage than me. You know, the next time we go around, I might switch out my, my load to try bitch. to kind of 
you know, yeah. catch up to her or something. Like yeah, that. It's cool seeing the, uh, who did what. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's something you were saying there, Patrick, about j- just how linear it is. It, it would definitely be something that would be really helpful to kind of limit itself to replayability of like having side rooms where you could kind of do like secondary missions if you wanted to, like you yeah. could still just main path it if you just wanted to <clears throat> get through the end, if you're just playing with some random friends. But if you're like playing with people like Christian who wants to explore every n- nook and cranny and kind of take their time, it'd be yeah, nice to kind of <laughs> reward that as well. Yeah. Or even if the missions branched off, it'd be quick little burst of where you're, you're there's just one of you. There's two of you where you get little different challenges just to mix it up a bit. It's like you go down this hallway. All right, it's you and you got to shoot whatever face hugger, chest bursters, this little spot while the other two go do something else. Again, just for a brief period and then you meet back together. I think that'd be pretty just to keep the variety going. Yeah. And that way, when you come back together again, there was a sense of newness to it, right? That's something that like, for me, the the most enjoyable parts when I've been playing online with people have been when we've done that, like Dave, you know, we did that, Drew, you know, we've done that where we do a little moment of like strategizing. We're like, okay, I'm going to go hit the fuel pump in the basement. You know, can you guys stay up here? Drew's like, I'm going to go up the side staircase. You know, Dave's like, I'm going to go to the back of the Apache. You know, we, we have these little moments where we talk about it. And then we and then we do it and then we're talking while we're doing this mission but we can't see each other and there's a sense of like you know risk taking and a sense of mm-hmm. we're kind of playing the game as opposed to the mm-hmm. game playing us that's yeah, yeah. something that the, the more opportunities for that i think the, the better yeah. in general with multiplayer games but but going back to uh christian i think you were asking about cutscenes, etc i mean if anything i think some games over rely on them even multiplayer like the call of duty games have cutscenes like all over the place, right? And the Call of Duty games and the campaign, for example, a lot of the time are almost rail shooters. That's something Drew and I have talked about quite a bit. And actually, when we were playing Fireteam, Erica, who's a huge Call of Duty person and has prestiged a trillion times on each of them, um, you know, was pointing out the fact that this felt like it was almost like a rail shooter. And I was saying, yeah, there's moments where it feels almost like a time crisis to me, right? You yeah. know, the arcade games where you have yes, pedals. And I love that game. Oh my God. I love yeah, it too. Yeah. Oh my God. Those are yeah. great games. And I am not yeah. shitting on that at all. But the, that is a game that's designed to be played with quarters right. at a, in a timed yeah. experience, right? Yeah. Yeah. And this, what's what's interesting is that now, now that I've replayed a number of these missions a lot, I mean, I always finish them in the same amount of time. It's always like 22 to 31 minutes or so, yeah. right? I always go to the same spots because there's not really yeah. a chance to deviate from the path at all. Um, so like, the, it, it, would be, it would be cool to open up the tactical opportunities here yes, to no, encourage people to break yeah. up a little bit. Yeah, like you're saying. Yeah. Like some of the coolest parts are the at the, the end of big showdowns when you're saying like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to go flip that switch, cover me. Or at the, you know, again, I only finished the second mission once where it's like, all right, I'm going to go get that parasol. Go, 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 go. Just those little bouts of a little variety and doing your own thing. Like you said, a break away from what the game kind of wants you to do. Right. And you kind of show off your own skills. Like, all right, I got this. Blah, 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 blah. Cover me, cover me. You know, it's, it's fun. Right. And the game could use a little more of that, that personality, so to speak. But they do just briefly. I want to point out a good job in that arena battle with the power nodes that you're talking about, Dave. At the end of the second chapter, I think mm-hmm. they do a good job there of of doing an interestingly difficult arena, right? Yeah. Because that one's 360 degrees, right? Yeah. So like that's a good example of if you're playing with real people, you you really have to be talking about like who's covering what angle, you know, yeah. like somebody as opposed to just the flanks. Like you know, we need somebody getting the back because there's more coming out of the holes, uh, right? Uh, uh, that could almost use a little tweaking because then when those the flamethrower guys come at you, it's 
and they it's one and then two and then two it's like it's difficult it's hard use a little it can use maybe a little 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 buffering it's uh it's almost too difficult i found using that jump you gotta like do the little jump maneuver where you like jump do a somersault yeah you gotta at the end (laughs) i'm doing that the whole time yeah running from the adult xenos and and yeah those flamethrower guys go i was like jeez i was jumping all over the place (laughs) and that roll is great for avoiding acid too that's something that i've I've oh yeah okay okay when the spitters are shooting at you yeah if you can see right when the spitter shoots at you and you do the jump move yep Right, but also for uh-huh. downed aliens, if you shoot one that's right in front of you, the distance oh. for the dash maneuver is basically the same distance of splash damage from the from the mm-hmm. acid. So if you if you do a close encounter with with an alien, you can if you dash over it, it's basically the right distance to not get splashed by the acid. Of course, oh, okay. that changes though that's as you encounter as you encounter more classes, which is yeah. again where the reading the novel comes in handy because you read about some of these things. In the yeah. Novel. Uh, it's really cool to uh, like i really like seeing and dave i don't think you've gotten to these yet but you, you're going to start seeing you've seen a couple of them where you are but there's more that come about later in the game including the crusher which i think is the same thing as the crawler in colonial marines uh, isn't it the same it's, alien it's just a different color i think so i think so it, it the serves the same is- purpose yeah, it's the yeah. Same shit, really. <laughs> but it's quadrupedal. It's got like the armored yeah. head. Yeah, it, it seems almost like thing. it's the actual same yeah. creature, which which mm-hmm. one of the one of the few things from Colonial Marines that I actually enjoyed. Yeah, same. Um, man. but also you start seeing like some of the hybrid creatures that are in the novel, which is really cool. Oh, too. nice! I'm looking forward to seeing those. Yeah, yeah I'm gonna read Infiltrator for sure. Yeah. It's um, it's worth reading just to for the the um, the background for the game. Um. And I don't want to, it's enjoyable. Oh, more or less. <laughs> if you have the opportunity, uh, Bronson Pinchot reads the book for audible and oh, cool. Okay. You know, he, he was Belki Bartakamus and he was in, um, the Langoliers, you know, and, and he's been doing, he did, um, uh, aliens phalanx as well, which oh, okay. was a massive novel. And he did a wonderful job with that. So this is his second time doing an alien novel. He's, he's having a ton of fun with it. So yeah, that's good. Yeah. Okay. Like and, the best uh, infiltrator is worth reading just to give you more information on the game, the actual novel itself. Leave up to you. <laughs> so. Yeah, but there's a lot of cool stuff in it. Uh, there and a lot is, of cool things cool, about yeah. Wayne Lee It has, it has its moments. Yeah, yeah. It does. It does, and yeah, it has yeah. its. It uh, even if the novel doesn't read great, like the lore yeah. that it sets up is is really interesting. It, yeah, okay. that you said, it, but yeah, yeah, the, it's worth it the lore that you get from it, even if it it drags in spots. Worth mentioning that. Um, Olivia Ship, who's your the commanding officer on board the Endeavor, she's a character in Alien Echo, which oh, yeah, is yes! the only yeah, it's a, yeah, the only alien young adult novel, and it's not from Titan. It's really good. It is it yeah, is, okay. It's a solid read, especially I'm sorry, but compared to Infiltrator. So we're really selling Perry on Infiltrator tonight. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, I'll just read the Cold yeah, Forge again. It's it right fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so um, can I actually say something about that? So I, I'm going to take I'm going to take a step back in time now, everybody, because this is something that we haven't talked about on air yet, and I think it's okay now because it's been a long time. But uh, the, this the the gestational process for this game has gone on for a very long time, back to the days of 20th Century Fox when that was still a company. Uh, we first heard about this game from them like four years ago. 
Uh, and at that time, what was what we were told was that it was concerning one of the primary characters from Echo, which was at that point still a year or so from coming out, uh, and that it was going to be basically almost an MMORPG. So some yes. sort of like, almost like, a, oh, Google, you love this game, almost like a No Man's Sky. Yes. Uh, where it was going to be, you know, you're, you were a colonial Marine traveling yeah, yeah. the universe, yeah. you know, leveling up and things. And it was basically like this, this RPG class system where you were going on different worlds and doing all this exploration mm -hmm. stuff. And so we assumed that it was going to be starring the protagonist of Echo. And then Echo came out and we were like, oh, this is going to be an interesting fit, you know. Um, but then Cold Iron like went underground. Like there was this period, and I'm sure you all remember this where we really just got like no updates on this thing for so long. And then the transition to Disney happened. We were still getting no updates and then months would go by and we would see a hiring notice on Twitter from Cold Iron Studios, like looking for dev personnel. And we'd be like, I guess they're still making this game. But like, but you know, by that point, Fox had closed its doors. We, all of our contacts were gone. So we like, this was a totally, you know, unknown variable for a very long time. Um, and during the time I was still assuming it was going to be like this teenage protagonist in space doing, you know, like going to different worlds in an MMORPG. And then when the game was announced as a shooter, uh, a, I was like, oh, that sounds great. But, but I was also thinking this, the journey of this game has been so interesting because it's one of the few properties we have that really bridged these two huge IP eras, um, you know, going over from the Fox era to the Disney era. And of course, during this development time, you know, they acquired Fox Next Studios, right? They, the mobile developer, there was all of this different. So in that, which ended up uh, turning into Blackout, but we didn't know that at the time. So we were like, is this about the Cold Iron game too? Like, like what the fuck happened to the Cold Iron game? <laughs> and I'm still struck every time I turn it on by this sense of surreality a little bit where I'm like, this game actually did come out. And, yeah. and it is such a, I, I really, you know, we've had a few complaints about it, but overall it is a fun game. And yeah. I think it is such a testament to Cold Iron Studios and our, and, you know, people like Matt Hyacin and, and, and some of our, you know, the people that we know over there who have been working like crazy on this thing for so long, the fact that they were able to bring it to fruition as a small studio working during a time of crazy change with COVID delays, with production delays, with all of the things that could, you know, tank a game and to come out on day one with a game that functions well on many different mm -hmm. platforms, including current gen platforms like the PS5s that we've been playing it on like that, uh, you know, but also working well on PC with very few artifacts, very few anti-aliasing issues, very few actual technical yeah, breakdowns. Very, yeah, not a lot, not a lot of bugs. Not a lot of bugs. Well. You know, not, there are bugs, but not the, not the. There are, kind of, there's yeah. plenty of bugs if you know there's what I mean. Plenty of bugs, <laughs> but it's a real Not achievement, a, you know. It's yeah, a real yeah. achievement, and and I'm I'm proud of them for that. I initially thought the game was going to be like a like a Destiny type, from what I read, what I took it as, where you're Marines and you go from planet to planet and you gain XP, and that's almost what I kind of I kind of feel like they took um, pieces of that and then plugged it into this. And I mean, wow, what a great job! What a really to have it, like you said, so functioning and fun. And even though most of us haven't even finished all four missions yet, that we already, we already want more. I mean, that's a good sign. Yeah, man. Yeah. So before we wrap, anybody got any closing thoughts on it? Um, hopefully I'll finish the game without throwing my controller uh, into the uh, highway because uh, <laughs> it's extremely difficult. But, you know, just... Um, I'm impressed. I really am. It to, to actually, there was a lot of 
you know, skepticism and people worrying if they were going to get it to actually have you feel like a colonial Marine, one of the most iconic, popular copied things in movie history. I mean, hell, Halo is all the alien central and that's one of the most popular franchises that actually have Marines that are our own. I mean, it, it's a success. Like I even said before it came out, I was like, look, if I play this game for a few months and get hours and hours with my friends and other people in the community and even strangers uh, and meet new friends, it's a success. I've already done that in a week. It's already, and I've even finished the game and it's already a success. So as long as they keep adding and building and fixing, this game has a chance to um, to to grow to, to the legs. It has a it has a chance to keep on going, to really, you know, um, have a life of its own because it's just magic playing with um, playing with friends. It really is. It nails the co op. So more, please. I'm. I'm a lore hound. I love expanded, you know, bit, bits of information, whatever. This is the first game to give us a corporation that is from the continent of Africa. The, the Katanga is, is, it was built by the Kinshasa enterprise or yeah. And it's all from Congo. You know, the, you go to the Lakasi tower. These are all cities and provinces in the democratic Republic of Congo. And that's a brand new thing for this 40 year old IP. And I really got excited about that once I once I kind of got yeah. on to what they were doing. But then you have, okay, so it started with one and then Siegson bought it and then William Tani bought it, you know, and you you get wrapped up in other names that you recognize from from other games or other uh, places. And I've got a lot of those. Um, when I look at the Intel, I've got a lot of things that I haven't un- un- unlocked yet. And so I'm very, very excited to fill in the rest of those blanks because everyone that I've done so far uh, I love hearing about how Aspen beer used to taste better. And, you know, <laughs> it's just good stuff. Oh, and just to, just to round back to what I was saying earlier about the, the score for the game. So Alien Isolation has a beautiful score, but it's so dependent on Alien, right? And Alien Colonial Marines, Aliens Colonial Marines was sort of a best of, of the first four films, starting with Alien Resurrection. That was the worst thing. The title screen comes up. <laughs> And it's the music from Alien Resurrection. Like, no, 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 no. So, Nothing but the hits, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so, so this game, um, even though there are, there are sections that I'm not happy with, it's a brand new experience. And, and I'm excited for that. And I, I really hope that it gets a release on some format, whether it's digital or CD, because I want to hear what Austin Wintry put into this, um, separate from having Harada talk over it or have my gunfire drown it out or whatever it is. I want to really listen to it and get a, a better appreciation because I think there's some good stuff in there. I agree. And you know, Austin Wintry uh, was early on mentored at least a little bit by Jerry Goldsmith, which oh. is a little interesting yeah. connection. Yeah. And I, I agree. And Drew is also a composer and you know, we have a couple of them tonight. Uh, and I think the score is wonderful. I, I really do. It grew on me I, as you, as Perry and Christian, I was shitting all over it the first, <laughs> the first day or two. And then as I was playing more, I was like, Oh, I kind of, kind of like this. And then I was listening more yeah. to it and I agree, Christian, it feels different, but it feels like it's of a piece with, with the alien films, but it feels like it's its own thing. And I want to hear more of it. Yeah. I definitely think we, we had some pre well, just some thoughts, obviously, before the the game before we actually played it, you know, and, and we had our foot in our mouth a little bit on some things. But uh anyway, like I said before, I said it once, I 
I'll say it a million times. I, I love uh, the nostalgia and everything for me and, and just um, being immersed in, in the world, whatever I can get of that. I try to eat it all up and um, I'm just, yeah, I'm loving it. I'm on mission three. I'm excited to get through uh, the end and, and finally beat it. Uh, and I'll probably be going back and trying to find some more Intel too. Cause uh, I'd, I'd love reading up on that. And yeah, over overall, great play. It's it's fun, even with the bots. I, I'd say that the one thing I'd love to see if they do any updates or if they ever get it to be a cross console play so I can play it with more people or play it with you, Patrick and um, um, Dave, Christian. Obviously, if we could all play together, that, that would be such a cool experience, I think. Um, and so, yeah, other than that, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm loving it. As someone who isn't playing it online, I absolutely recognize that I'm not getting the experience that the creators intended. So like when you guys were yeah. talking about how you defeat um, the second campaign, I can completely see how having two other humans would really, really help because it's fucking <laughs> tricky because, <laughs> you know, alpha and beta aren't going to do the hard work. They're going to stay there. Christian. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They follow you around like two ducks the entire yeah. time. Yeah. 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 And I love them. I absolutely, I love that it says, I'm attached men. to them too. I, I love when, you know. when they're in the ship. I go, sometimes I go like, just hang out with them a little bit. You know, <laughs> I saw you can tell out. them. I saw you can tell them to like, go look at something or you can be like, go stand over there or something like that. And then they'll like, <laughs> go stay in this area for a little bit. But I'm like, Oh yeah. my God. Yeah. <laughs> There is something to be said for the longevity of this game. I mean, I hope that it, it stays a multiplayer game for a long time, but there, eventually there's going to come a point where people are playing it on their own. And I yeah. feel like the game still holds up even in that context. So how about you guys? I'm looking yeah, forward to yeah. eventually being the game and sorry, and uh, playing the horde mode because in AVP 2010, yes. when I would just want something to do or board, I would just pull up the horde mode for a half hour or so, I'm like, all right, that's the only way I can survive. And yes, if we're gonna be able to do that co-op, ooh, baby. <laughs> that that was was if you guys ever played Gears of War too. Um, the the campaign is great, obviously, but um, if you back in college, I had a buddy, um, and we yeah we'd some nights we'd stay up late and then we'd be like, hey, let's play Gears of War. And we'd put the horde mode on and and then we would just see how long we could last and and things like that. So I'm really excited about that too, Dave, to get to get to that. But I'll same thing like late nights or whatever stressful day at work. Like after I'm gonna be like, yeah, I'm gonna put horde mode on, play for a half hour, an hour, and and uh, keep that going, you know. And I and I was just gonna say too, I'm excited to see, you know, even if we have to do if we have to wait however many years but i'm excited to see also what um comes of this game and what like the fan the just the fandom around it and how many people play it and and just what it'll give us you know another four or five six years from now too you know i'm pleasantly surprised with how much replayability is in the game this, this is something that's a little spoilerly but not in terms of like the story content but you uh, unlock a fifth class after you complete the final the fourth campaign and there was that, totally that moment where i was like really enjoying technician and i had unlocked so much stuff but i was like oh no now i've got this this whole new class then i was like god i'm i'm really playing this thing again aren't i and i'm like yeah i i went right back and just started leveling that one up so i i thought that was like such a really kind of master stroke of like getting me hooked right back in 
even though I had rolled credits, you know, I was, I was pleasantly surprised with that. That fifth class is uh, a CPA. Actually, you, you become a, <laughs> a, a, an accountant so you can I'm a you big know. numbers guy too. You're Burke. You walk around with a spreadsheet, <laughs> with a spreadsheet. Yeah. You're, bur- you're just like bureaucrat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I want to go back to something that Christian had said, which is really important. And I noticed also when we were talking to, when we had Philip Kennedy Johnson on for a previous episode, uh, there was a real sense that with the Marvel comic, as well as this game, that things are starting to coalesce and that we've had enough space, enough distance from the prequels now that they've started to work. Th- the things that work about the prequels, which I think there are many, are starting to kind of percolate now into the mythology in ways that feel legitimate, that don't yes. feel disjunct, right? A lot of people had complaints, many of them valid, about Prometheus and Covenant feeling tonally distinct or feeling like they're not quite gelling. Um, you know, whether it's the, you know, the accelerant or artificial intelligence or, you know, some of the religious themes, people felt like there were some sort of tonal things that weren't quite matching up. But I feel like we're seeing in Philip's work, we're seeing in Infiltrator and now this game, we're seeing a lot of people take some of the themes that stuck with them from those movies and start building them piece by piece into the alien, you know, feel that we know so well. And this game and the comic, both of which are very influenced by aliens, I think above all else from a, a thematic standpoint, a, a tonal standpoint, um, at least the first arc of the comic, I think that they're great examples of a homecoming, as it were, right? Where we're, where we feel like we're experiencing aliens content, this comfort food content, but with things in it that make it uncomfortable from the prequels, with things in it that bring back a little bit of that horror of the unknown feel, a little bit of that Lovecraftian forbidden knowledge feel, a little bit Mm -hmm. of the cosmic themes that we're kind of afraid of. And there's moments in this game, which is, I mean, I don't think a scary game, but I think it's can be an intense game. There's moments in it that do feel unsettling, right? When you see the engineer heads for the first time, you're like, whoa, you know, when you read some of the intel on some of the experimentation that was happening, it starts to make you feel uncomfortable and it starts to make it feel like these things in Prometheus and Covenant that people kind of set aside actually can fit really well into the mythology and make Alien feel like Alien, even if it takes different forms. So I, I'm just saying that because, you know, that first arc of the comic just finished. This game just came out. We are going to be getting more information, hopefully soon, on the Hulu series. And I feel like we're at a moment of a homecoming now. I feel like our 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 films and our saga are coalescing into something that is like where alien is headed as opposed to mm-hmm. this whole, like, what is it? What is it not? And this game is like a great example of that jiving well. So Christian, when you were saying that earlier about how, you know, you're seeing a lot of elements from all these different parts of the franchise, even the first film with the Aspen beer reference, right? All these things coming together. Uh, it feels, it feels cohesive and it feels exciting. And I feel so fucking excited that we get to play it together and that we get to like experience the joy of living these movies together. But these movies having been transformed a little bit by some of the newer additions to the canon, which are feeling more and more like really valid parts of it to me. So anyway, with that, thank you all for being here tonight. Uh, thank you all for listening. Go ahead and reach out to us if you want to play. I know I, I've been getting messenger things from people who want to play. I'm going to hit you up on that because this is a lot of fun. And, uh, and, you know, all of us are down for it. So it's been a pleasure. And Drew, thank you for coming on finally to Perfect Organism, my friend. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Yeah. Thanks, man. See you all soon. All right. Have a good night.
For more on Perfect Organism, the Alien Saga podcast, please visit perfectorganism.com. Perfect Organism is available for listen or download through Podbean, iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, and Spotify. If you'd like to support the show, please visit perfectorganism.com forward slash support. Thank you.